There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. And now, your main event. Introducing the hosts of Wrestling with Freddy, Jeff Dye and Freddy Prince Jr. What's up, everybody? It's Freddie Prince Jr. Welcome to a brand new episode of Wrestling with Freddy. Mr. Jeff Dye is away this week, but we do have someone that's going to fill in today as our guest and our co-host. And we're very lucky to have him. We love having guests. Uh, you know him as Mike Rome. We know him as the nice guy, Austin, who hooked us up with the sweet voice work at the beginning of our show. <laughs> Welcome to Wrestling with Freddie. How are you, sir? Good, man. How are you? Thanks for having me. <laughs> Listen to the voice. Listen to that voice. That's why you do the announcing. You sound like you should be like on the radio Sunday night and like Maria... Thomas wants you to know he's sorry, and he's sending out love requests. Song. Yeah, 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 yeah. It sounds so smooth and buttery, bro. I feel like that was everything during my childhood. Like you turn on the radio and like this request goes out to Maria in the car. Michael wants to know he loves you very much, and then you know exactly. But you have the voice. You've been in show business a long time, though, right? Even yeah. before wrestling, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, were you a Nickelodeon? Were you a Nickelodeon brat? Yeah. So like I grew up, you know, obviously you kind of grow up in Nickelodeon, but I, I used to host tons of stuff for them. Like you did a lot of live stuff and, you know, touring stuff. And then, mm-hmm. you know, went on the road with them for a while. That was like most of my life. That was a good 14 years of my life, just touring around doing stuff with Nickelodeon. I have so many friends in this business who spent time in Nickelodeon and they all say the same thing when I say, how was it? They go, man, they didn't pay shit. <laughs> I mean, it's, that's kind of, it's, it's across the board. You know what I mean? Like, it's funny. I always tell this story. I, I was, uh, interviewing, like I, you know, I had a degree in other stuff and I was like, you know, I'm going to go work for marketing for Nickelodeon. And I, I interviewed three separate times and three separate times I interviewed, it was three different groups of people working in that department because the rotation of just people coming in and then hiring people who would work for less and then hiring people who would work for less and then hiring people who work for less. It's just wild. It's a wild rotation there. Including their shows. Yes. So <laughs> talk about getting rid of a show quick. That's why yeah. they started doing those syndicated pre-buys because no writers would work for them anymore unless they guaranteed them a hundred episodes. Otherwise, yeah, I mean, like, and the nah, other thing is, is when you're working with kids, it's it's hard because the attention span is so short, right? So like I feel Brother, like I did I did Punky Brewster, the remake, and they're 
there one the one girl was a super pro, the oldest one, but the other ones, I was on their ass. I think I even got a human resources complaint, but I'm like, human resources, tell them to be professional and stop throwing shit on the goddamn set. Hey man, it's hey, things have changed. That's the thing, is like I remember seeing game shows so much when I was a kid and I'm like, I wanted to be in a game show. And then when I was in a game show, they're like, yeah, they're not watching it anymore because you know, they moved on to the next thing. And I was like, what? I always wanted to be on double dare when I was a kid, man. I, I always wanted double to double dare on- when I was a kid. Were you rich? See, of course yes. you were Nickelodeon. That was, that was what started my Nickelodeon love. Oh God. Did you win or did you lose? We lost. Well, at least you we lost. lost. I can, I can at least have some joy in that. Yeah, we <laughs> lost. I did not get the Huffy bike. I did not get the Ooh. sneakers. I didn't get any of that stuff. I was very upset about it. It's a point of, it's a point of contention right now. But it brought you to the business. It got, it, it bit you. You realized you had the voice. You're a good looking dude. You had the talent. When does, or how, I guess is more importantly, how does the opportunity for WWE come to you? Or do you seek it out? So I did not seek it out. So I, I was a big, big wrestling guy when I was younger. And, you know, as everybody was, you, you had Taker, you know, you know, watching like the Saturday cartoons, Hogan, Junkyard Dog, all that stuff. Seeing Lou Albino do it. Like just seeing all these different characters, you know, it, they were larger than life. So I was a huge fan when I was younger. And then, you know, I worked for Nickelodeon for a while. When I left Nickelodeon, I started doing uh, theme park stuff because there wasn't really much to do in Florida once you kind of stopped doing that. And then, you know, we lost our film and sense about here and there weren't, they weren't filming anything. So I was like, all right, cool. Well, I started working, uh, I was doing uh, Scooby-Doo and Shaggy at no uh, Universal way. Studios. Yeah. Bro, I've seen Scooby-Doo more times than anybody in this world. Cause that was our training movie. Like anytime we brought somebody new in, no I would show way. them that movie. So we played it over and over and over again. It was part of the WB spec for us to train. So you would go through that and we had a training manual where you, know, you stand by Scooby-Doo and you do your thing and this and that. And it was for Fred's and Daddy's who had and to be Who had to be in the Scooby-Doo suit? And did anyone ever faint in the Florida heat? Not while I was there. We were pretty, you know, we were pretty good about staying in the shade. Every once in a while, we get stuck next to the mystery machine. It, it was kind of sucky because, you know, it's 100 degrees outside. It's hitting off of that bouncing and hitting off, off the black oh concrete. It was terrible. I was sitting there with my, like, shaggy, I have photos, this shaggy wig just dripping on children. Like, so, like Scoob and, like, doing the whole oh, thing. I'm and like so just sorry. I'm out. so it was sorry. <laughs> Look, if I, we wouldn't have made that though. movie, it wouldn't have been popular again. Eh, partially responsible. Still, listen, it got me paid for a while. So yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so so how does it so you're having to do that? You're sweating balls, and all of a sudden, what? How do you get out of so it? So I got this gig at American Idol with Fremantle. That was popular. Disney had a venue. We were working over there. I was doing hosting and doing warm-up hosts for them for a while. And one of the guys that I worked with had just gotten a job. I guess they shut our, they shut our venue down. They shut American Idol. They're like, Hey, look, we pumped all this money into it. We're not making any money. People don't understand it. So it's done. We're like, okay, cool. Right. What do we do now? So I go over to Indiana Jones at the parks. He got this audition. He goes, Hey, I got this wrestling audition. I don't know what it is. And I was like, wrestling. I was like, dude, you, you're not wrestling. What, what are you going to do over there? And they're like, Oh, they're looking for hosts. I was like, what? So he auditions. And then I don't hear from him for a while. He kind of like drops off the face of the earth. And then he pops up and he goes, dude, I got the job. This is what's happening. They have me hosting. We do live events. One of the things that people don't understand and and one of the things I never understood before I started working there is we do more live events than we do TV. Oh, yeah. We do more house shows. And, And people, I don't think people understand that. So most of what we do is off the cameras. Um. 
and, and so that's just interesting. So we get to like run those shows. So we go out there and we open the show and we talk and we host and, you know, we're working an audience and we're doing all this stuff, which is so different from the TV side. And so yeah. he's explaining all this stuff to me. And I was like, dude, I had no idea. He got me an audition. I auditioned. Well, actually first I showed up at like 60 tapings. What felt like 60 tapings because back then they used to do like four or five episodes of NXT in one sitting. So I would sit there through five episodes in my suit and like in the thing. And I'm like, hey guys, what's up? And finally I got to talk to somebody over there and they're like, yeah, we'll set up an audition. And I got this audition and they're like, yeah, dude, it's going to be great. We love you. You're, you're going to get hired. Don't worry about it. And I left and I, you know, I'm texting everyone. I'm like, bro, I think I just booked this thing. It's going to be great. And then I never heard from them again. That sounds about right. Yeah. Months, like months on end. Cause I think I was in the middle of doing Halloween horror nights at uh, Universal Studios Orlando. Sure. And I was doing, we had this icon called Jack the Clown. And I was in the process of, you know, doing this huge show where it was this carnival of carnage and we basically murdered people on stage and it was this big freak show kind of thing. And it was, it was freaking awesome. So I was like, this is great. And I'm in overnight rehearsals at the time. So I'm at like, I think I got there at 11 and I would go till 6 a.m. And then, you know, I'd go and I did this audition and I was dead, I was dead asleep. And I'm like, I got to nail this audition. So it was kind of devastating at the time because, you know, when your sleep pattern's thrown off and you're not sleeping, you feel like everything just a little harder. So months and months go by. And I remember it was January, Batman versus Superman had just come out and I got preview tickets for it. So okay, I'm sitting I like in the how theater. You, I like how you date things. That's funny. Yeah. Go ahead. It's, it's, it's always related to things. <laughs> like, no, I'm with it. So I was sitting in the theater and I'd been waiting for this movie. And, you know, it was like just stupidly long for no reason. And I get the phone call and I'm looking at it and I'm looking up the screen. I look down at my phone and I'm like, no, nah, I've been waiting for this movie forever. I'm not getting up. I'm not getting up. So I sat there. I watched the entire movie. I left and it was just like, hey, this is uh, this is uh, at the time it was Johnny Greco. He was the head of live events. He's like, just Johnny Greco. I just wanted to reach out to you. Call me back. I was like, okay. And then Greg Hamilton, the guy who used to be the ring announcer for SmackDown, the guy who recommended me, calls me. And, you know, Michael Cole. And I'm like, what is happening? What is happening? They're like, we'll, we'll call you some other time. And I was like, oh, no, no, shit. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling. And it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together, and that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr., and on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate, because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me sharing memories, and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. 
Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. So that whole night I can't sleep. The next morning at like 7 a.m. I get a phone call from Greco. He's like, hey, Cole's going to call you. Just stay by your phone. I was like, okay, cool. Literally hang up the phone. My phone rings within split seconds. And Michael Cole's like, hey, this is Michael Cole. I want to do this interview or, you know, we want to interview you. We want to talk to you, but listen, we got mania coming up. We've got UK tours. We've got all this stuff happening. So let's, let's circle back after April. <laughs> it's like, all right, cool. Let's do it. Oh man. What a roller coaster though. So far. Yeah. And then, you know, through that process, you, you know, months go by and then you kind of wonder, you're like, did I actually have this conversation? Cause nobody reaches out to you. Nobody says anything. Nobody's like going, Hey, what's up? Just want to check in on you. Make sure you're doing good. I don't hear anything, but then, you know, being on this side, you know, mania, like that build up to mania is such a, a roller coaster. And then like so much going on. And then we do the UK tours and then it's just, I get it now, but back then I was just sitting there going. So then I'm like, you know, texting Greg and, and Cole and I'm like, Hey, do I need to bring anything to this, this dinner or anything? Just trying to get any kind of response from them. And he's like, Nope. But now, you know, like when you're in it, it's a hundred percent of your life. Like there is, is no there is no free time there. No, you're you're it, legit on call 24 seven. It's crazy. It's man. all encompassing. There's no off seasons. It just continues. It is a machine that does not stop. It doesn't yeah. stop in your most recent memory. Cause this okay. is something lately. The crowds have been so hot in certain places that I've actually had to talk about the crowd on my show because their reactions have been so great. So in your most recent memory, What's been the loudest crowd? Because it doesn't translate always through the television. Like London, Canada, those were two of the biggest shows. The Philly show was really, really loud. So what's in most recent memory the hottest show? And and why, And if you know why, we can discuss it. Otherwise, we can guess. I want to say the thing. I think London sticks out to me. I remember. They always, they always go so yeah. hard, man. It was crazy. And I don't know if it's just because we're not there very often. Like if you watch a soccer game over here, it's different, but you watch one in the UK and like, they're just loud and they sing and they chant and they do all this stuff. And then, you know, yeah. I feel like that's something that translates. There's just passionate fans. But I remember LA Knight's entrance and he came out and that place popped. Yeah. The only thing that I could relate it to was when we did Raw, was it 20 in New York when Stone Cold's glass broke. And he came out. I remember the crowd just, oh, that whole, like, it's, it's this vacuum that sucks out. And then it just gets so loud. It felt like that. And it's the first time I felt that in a while. And I was like, whoa. They go wild. so crazy for him. I honestly think London was the audience that made cheering heels acceptable and cool. I feel like they started that before AEW did, before WWE fans in America were starting to get hip to heels. In London, they were just like, look, we get these fuckers once a year or cheering for whoever we want to and that's it if we like both dudes both dudes are getting songs if we don't they're getting booed and that's it and we don't care how you booked it 
Yep. And I saw it firsthand when Jeff Hardy and Undertaker went at it over there when I was at the company, however many, 12 years ago, however long ago it was. And I was like, man, they're just cheering for whoever they want. And it really it pissed Vince off. He didn't like that. He, no, yeah, because there's a clear good the guy, right and bad guy. guy. Yeah. And that's and that was his philosophy then. I don't I don't know if things have modified since then. But they seem more lax to it because everyone kind of has to be because the audiences have decided that they're going to cheer the way they want. But in London, it's just different, man. Like Canada shows a certain appreciation. You tell me if I'm off track on any of this, a certain appreciation and respect. Puerto Rico was like a rabid, controlled chaos. And London is like, they belong to us and they should be here, damn it. And they're not. And it's just yes. like, the, it's a different kind of love, man. And it's the, it's the way, like you said, with their soccer games, like they, they're singing songs to these wrestlers. They're singing praise as if they were like gladiators in an arena. Like it's, yes. it is the hottest crowd in the world. And I want to give it to Puerto Rico for selfish 100%. reasons, but it's London, man. It is London or Manchester I or will whatever say, city they go to. I will say this with your Puerto Rico. That entrance, Bad Bunny's entrance in Puerto Rico oh, with that entire uh, in the in the way it was the way it was shot and just watching every single person. That was probably hands down the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire existence since I've been at the company. Watching all those people sing a song for an entrance and, and just watching the, the camera. I can't even, the way they shot it with the drone and then pulled out and you see everybody just singing the same song. It was, you know, wrestlers are kind of like rock stars in a way where, you know, very much they, so they kick out and they're out there and they're, you know, jamming out with the crowd and they're, they're vibing and they've got music and all this. So actually having a rock star come out and, you know, do his thing and have his song and do that. It's just so cool to see. I will say that is probably up there and one of the all time favorite things I've ever seen. First of all, we agree rock and roll is wrestling. And I went yes. to a Guar concert in the 90s, so I know it for yes. a fact. <laughs> the mosh pit. I've, got I've a, been there too. It was I like suplexes, man. The face. <laughs> I want to go backwards a little bit to something okay. you said. People always ask me to describe the audition process. And the first time I do it, it's always very generic. And they go, no, 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 no. But I mean, like, specifically, what did you have to do? What did you? And so I want to, I want to, torture you the same way I'm tortured. And what is it you had to do within the audition? Was it just, let's see if this guy sounds right when he's delivering names? Did you have to do a fake interview? What was the process like? What did specifically did you have to do? So I feel like it's very different now, but when I went through that process, I remember piecing together, you know, before I got it, I remember piecing together like clips. They were very specific. It was like, Hey, it has to be a minute as most reels, you don't want anything too long, but it was had to be like, you know, excited speaking or like this. It was just a hosting reel. They wanted to see something where, you know, it was conversational. And then when I got in there, I did a ring announce, a ring announcement. I don't remember who it was I had to ring announce, but it was just a generic ring announcement in the middle of the PC to music. So they gave me the weight, you know, they gave me the city and then they gave me the name and then just did that. And then I did interviews. And that was and in then, the performance center in yes. the ring? Yes. Oh, cool. I was, actually know what that looks like. I can yeah. kind of see it. Yeah. It was that it was the middle ring that was closest to the wall, not the two back ones. And now I guess there's other ones now, but like there was one that was like, right. When you first walked in the PC, it was like directly in front. Mm -hmm. It was that middle ring. That's where we did everything. Cause we had all of our, uh, announce set up there too. So we could control the audio and do all that stuff. And that's where we did the, uh, the, the PC lives when we were in there. But 
I remember, so I was in there and then we did earpiece work where uh, if say I was interviewing, I think it was Bull Dempsey at the time. He was back there and I was interviewing him and then they would hit me on the earpiece and they're like, hey, stall for like two seconds. And so I'm asking about, hey, you know, Tyler Breeze, this happened. And I was trying to remember what had just happened to him in NXC at that time. So I'm like trying to call that out, stalling time. They're like, no, 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 throw it to them. All right, all right, back to you guys. And, you know, we do that kind of thing. It's funny because we did so much TV work and then they wanted me to do something where I basically came out and I was like, hey, what's up, Orlando? Welcome to WWE Live. You know, make sure you use the hashtag WWE Orlando. That is your direct connection to all the superstars. And, you know, I went around and like, oh, your sign's awesome. And, oh, look at that shirt. That's great. You know, this and that and kind of did some interaction out there. You know, the opening contest is scheduled for one fall. So we kind of covered the base between TV stuff and then live event stuff. So it was kind of like a mesh of the two. So how long total do you think the actual audition was? How much time do you think it was? Maybe 30 minutes. Wow, that's long, bro. Yeah, but I mean, odd. it wasn't... Wow. I'm just I used mean, to a different format. So that's, yeah. I would say that the 30 minutes encompasses like coming in, seeing the PC, walking around, prepping me for oh, it, okay. and then that's, doing that's it. Similar. So I think the actual audition, like actually doing stuff, maybe 10. I've had to wait longer than your audition was for meetings. <laughs> oh God, bro. And you're in a room with like eight people that look just like you and you can hear the other actors in there and you can hear if they're either killing it or if they're dying. So your confidence level either goes up or down based on that. There's always one like douchebag who comes out and is like booked it. Like, totally yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, bro, what? That's not how it works. But I have, then that I person have, I've been in those rooms. Dude, I love those rooms. I hate those rooms, but I love them. Like when I was a young actor, I like, you know, in my early 20s, I hated it. Once I made it, I, I liked it a lot more because I had well, yeah. friends in the business and you would see guys and be like, hey, buddy. And then you would see like the guys that used to be you that were just freaking out and they'd have to leave the room and practice their stuff outside. Or the guy who didn't care if you heard that he was going over his lines. He didn't care if he distracted nope. you. He was just going to do his thing. And then there was like the two people who would talk super loud because they didn't care. And the assistant would go, we have people reading. Could you please keep it down? Like when I got older, I loved that dynamic because it was like a sitcom, right? And I'd just sit there and I made sure I was always off book and I would bring my sides anyway, just so it never looked like a complete performance, right? Even if it was. And I would just sit there and sit back and just watch everybody. Here comes my guy who's going to say, nailed it, come out. Totally nailed it. I'm like, yeah, I knew he was going to It's a crazy case study of like, archetypes in that that mm -hmm. room like i've definitely been all like not the nailed it guy but i've been all those people I've, I've i've been the nailed it guy but i've never been it out loud like i walk out of there and i'm like good luck guys whatever and then i go to my car and i'm like you're like let's go oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that yeah. man and by the way there's nothing wrong with the nailed it guy either i got love for for all the actors feelings can get can get better and in in show business my my uncle used to say it's not called show friends it's show it's business. It and he goes, business. Which, he goes, which word's bigger? And I was like, oh, yeah, business is way bigger than show. So <laughs> that's why nobody gives a flying F about anything ever. It but is, it's the it's truth true. in wrestling, too. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there. I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. 
Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura podcast network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I got one more for you. All right, lay down. And then we're going to side quest. And this is going to be the hardest question you've ever been asked, sir. Have you ever screwed up a dude's name or a chick's name on their way to the ring? And yes. did you apologize? <laughs> he said yes. And how quickly did you apologize when they got in the ring? Or did they come up to you and be like, dude, you screwed up my name? Okay, so two times. Two times. That <laughs> the first time you never forget. You never forget the first one. So I'm 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 a stickler for that stuff. Like I want to like make sure, obviously when I first started, I'm like, I got to memorize everything. It was a house show. The first time I ever did was actually a house show and it was an NXT house show. And I feel like we were in like Fort Myers or something like random, some random town. And Blake and Murphy used to be, used to be a tag team. And Alexa used to be with them. Yeah. And they broke them up at one point. So at one point they were broken up. They started going solo. And so in, when I used, when I first got there, I was used to saying Blake and Murphy. And so Wesley Blake was coming out to a match. And for some reason, I think I called him Wesley Murphy or something like that. I, mm-hmm. I mixed up their names for some reason. Or Blake it Murphy. Was, yeah, it was something like that. <laughs> yeah. And I remember the good thing. So he's a heel, right? So, I mean, it works out perfectly because then, you know, he pulls, he puts me in the corner. He starts just, he takes the microphone and he cuts a promo on me. And he's just, you know, <laughs> how, how bad I am at my job and how terrible and how ugly my suit and hair is and just all this stuff. Like he's just, he's going in and, and the, he's, he was such, he's such a cool dude in general. So it was just funny. Cause I'm like sitting there, I'm like, oh man. And I felt so bad. And afterwards, like I went straight to him, obviously, because I have to stay out there for the rest of it. So I can't yeah. just go straight up to him and apologize. And I, you know, I was, I apologized in the ring and sorry, you know, whatever. Afterwards I go straight. Yeah. The in character also out of character apology. Yeah, for sure. So sorry, man. I'm so sorry. (laughs) So I beeline backstage and I apologize and he was super cool about it and like whatever, but I ended up, I bought him a bottle of whiskey and I brought it the next house show. And I was like, yo man, seriously, that'll never, never happen again. That was my fault. It was just one of those like Freudian slips that happens and, and it never happened again with that, him, but he was always super, super cool about it. The only time that I vividly remember doing it during TV. So something that people don't realize is what timekeeper is and 
how the ring is set up, you cannot see the entranceway, period. I cannot see the entranceway. Even if I stand up, I can't see the entranceway. So if somebody comes out and somebody's with them or they change an entrance or they change the person that's in there and it's a tag team. And by the way, this crap happens frequently. Yes, 100%. So there was a time and it was the Iconics. And Uh, I miss the Iconics. I do too. We were full. We were flowing through things. I think we were going a couple of segs blind. We were we were blind saging at that time because nice. there were some changes happening, whatever. And this is before. Now we've got a full. Now we've got a monitor, so I can see what the camera sees at ringside, which is great. But back then we did not. The iconics come out, and at the time it was supposed to be Billy Kay having the match. And so I'm like, the following contest scheduled for one fall is for whatever. And then she starts coming out. And I'm like, introducing first Billy, and they're like, no. And I go. Peyton Royce. I said Billy Peyton Royce. <laughs> like I tried to change it, but they caught like changed like, the energy to just to make the last one like fade yeah. into insignificance. I was like, Billy Peyton Royce. Peyton like, Royce. I'm just you never heard anyone say Billy. You would never hear anyone say that. Just did they, as fast did they lay can. into you too? Or did, did, cause they were heels their whole career, right? They did. I don't think they caught it. I, you know, what's funny. I don't remember if we had a conversation about it afterwards or I think there was so much going on at that time that it was just everybody kind of just knew that things changed and everything happened and you know it wasn't anything that anybody got mad at at the time I love them they have a podcast which is actually on my uh premier streaming network so if you guys do like them too and you want to check it out they got a lot of podcasts over there they got Van Dams they've got uh, the Million Dollar Mans, they've got the Iconics. All those podcasts are over there at the Premier Streaming Network. You're going to stick with us for Unsanctioned Thursdays. And I got a surprise for you because you and I have a shared passion. Horror, full on horror films. I'm going to try to find some that you haven't seen, get you hip Ooh. to some other stuff, and then you can throw some back at me. Austin, tell the people where they can find you on all your social goodness. I am at Austin M. Romero on pretty much everything. Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, you name it. I'm there sometimes. Thank you so much for being our guest today. You guys get more of Mr. Rome. We like to call him Austin tomorrow on the episode that exists because of you guys downloading so many of them and making our bosses happy. Keep it up. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Wrestling with Freddy. This has been a production of iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.